0: Hello, everybody. On tonight's episode of Backseat Quarterbacks, I am going at it solo. No Steven, no Benny, no Zach, although Zach might be back this week. I need to to do the tally on on games picked. I think he did a little better than Benny. Benny sent me his picks uh, at 3 a.m. Sunday morning, so we can only imagine what type of mindset he was in when he made those picks. Uh, Anyways, they're not doing it tonight. I'm actually recording from a farm. I am at a homestead, a ranch, if you will, taking care of chickens, taking care of a dog. Uh, life on the farm. Early to rise, early to bed. I'm surprised I'm recording this at 9:30. I need, I need to get my, I need to catch, I need to catch some Z's, you know. Um, anyways, NFL Sunday. It was a good one. It was a doozy, uh, as always. I have one question: Are there any good teams in the NFL? I mean, I guess you're gonna say the Eagles are undefeated. Makes sense. Uh, Chiefs and Bills pretty good duel today. We're going to talk about that in a sec, but really the level of football this year has been kind of sub, uh, subpar compared to years past. And it's, uh, the product is disappointing, especially the primetime games. I mean, we usually, I usually don't go in on the Thursday night game on Sunday, but what the hell is happening these last two weeks? You thought you had the stinker with the Broncos Colts. Well, Washington and uh, the Bears provided something much worse. And the end of the game, dramatic, always a flair for the drama, but uh, it was a terrible product, and the NFL, you know, I love football so much, so I'm not going to really criticize it to the point where I stop watching. I'm addicted to it. It's literally a vice. It's similar to beer, gambling, nicotine for those that smoke cigs, uh, fentanyl for those that partake in, partake in that. Uh, anyways, the thing that I'm trying to say here is uh, the NFL, these games, the quarterback play has been abysmal and we're still only a few weeks in, six weeks in, but we are, we're, we're getting to the middle of the season, and I don't know if this is going to change uh, in November and December as, as it gets colder and the weather gets worse. I don't think the quarterback play is going to go up, so it might just be a down year, which means we could have a surprise Super Bowl champion. That surprise Super Bowl champion might be the Eagles. I'm just saying uh, that the second quarter Eagles is one of the greatest uh, teams of all time, just in the second quarter. Go look at how many points they score. Uh, Sunday Night Football, Cooper Rush, Probably his last start. Dak Prescott's gonna be back. That'll be good for the Cowboys. Uh I'm I'm pleasured to see that Cooper Rush kind of struggled tonight for the first time. Kind of puts the quarterback controversy uh in the dirt. But what I would say is this: that Cowboys team should call similar plays to what they're calling now when they bring Dak back than what they're calling with Cooper Rush. Because I'll tell you this, that offense gels It moves. Limits mistakes. I don't want to see when Dak Prescott comes back, him throwing 50 times in a game. Tony Pollard and Zeke, both effective running backs, they were both efficient tonight. And then all you have to do is do play action, rolls roll Dak out, and you find the open guy. C.D. Lamb is a game breaker. Uh, the tight ends catch the ball. It's it's a really good offense, and you don't have to do too much. I know we rely on analytics, out the wazoo, but the truth of the matter is, uh, this season, I truly believe that more conservative football. Is going to be a recipe for success, especially with these defenses that we see in Dallas, in Philly, in New England, uh, et cetera. I just threw New England in there for fun, but we're going to talk about them in a sec too because the quarterback controversy is heating up there. But no, that game, the Dallas uh, Philly game, it looked you know kind of how most people thought. Uh, Philly Philly covered. It was a cl- close cover at the end. Uh, The over-under pushed. I had the under. I was uh, very upset that it pushed, but, you know, a push is better than a loss. And I don't really have any takeaways outside of uh, Philly is a good football team. You look at their schedule, they're going to rack up the wins. I I would be very surprised if they're not the one seed in the NFC. Uh, I just don't know if they're the best team, though. And I think that if... Uh, a couple of those other teams in that conference are hitting on all cylinders. I don't think Philly's going to beat them. And uh, that's to be seen, though, because the game we're going to talk about now is a game where I lost a lot of money uh, nearing $1,000 on was the Bucks playing the Steelers. Now, Brady's basically part-time quarterbacking at this time. He's doing a wedding for Robert Kraft on Friday. He flies in private on Saturday. He's missing practice every Wednesday of the season. He needs to buckle down. But more than that, the coaching staff needs to buckle down. Todd Bowles... Uh, Bruce Arians basically was was fired, right? He said it was mutual. He wanted to give the team over to someone while the team was so good. Uh, but Brady wanted him out. But what Todd Poles, Todd Bowles is known for is that defense and the blitz pressures. Well, can he pick it at Mitch Trubisky? Yeah, can he pick it at Mitch Trubisky? Uh, absolutely dominated on third and long. I think they completed three or four long third down conversions, and Brady never got the ball back down too. That can't happen. That's unacceptable. That's inexcusable. On the other side, on offense, yeah, Brady struggled, but the play calling has been just atrocious. And I, I, I'm saying this as as a huge fan of Tom Brady and the Bucs. He has not been good. He has not been great. He's been good, not great. But the thing is, is, it's hard to be great when you're running your second down play on second and seven or second and eight or second and ten because they're just handing the ball up off the middle every single first down, it seems. And when this offense looks good, they're running tempo— they're going no huddle, they're airing the ball out, and you have the receivers to be able to make this happen. I don't know why they don't do it more. And honestly, Brian, Byron Lefwich, uh, I said a Brian almost, Byron Leftwich. his job has to be on the line. Like, this is getting uh, too repetitive, and it's just terrible football. And I'm obviously upset because I had a lot of money on the Bucks. I thought they were going to absolutely trounce the Steelers. The fact that not only did they not beat them, they they actually got beat themselves, and They didn't. They didn't. They put the ball in the end zone once. The red zone problems continue to happen. I mean, they're playing the Panthers next week. It's a good right game. They're probably gonna blow them out. I'm staying away from gambling on the Bucks until further notice. Okay, I'm putting that out there. But basically, my 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 whole feeling is, you know, like, why is Brady playing football if he's not fully committed? Why did he come back? And I mean, I think he is committed, but. What it what it looks like is he's not going to a wedding on a Friday night before a game. That's that's going. That's a look ahead. That's a look ahead. I'm I'm not caring about the Steelers. I'm going to trounce them, and you didn't. So hey, stop taking Wednesdays off, get back in the lab and get back to work, Tommy. Because I don't want to see you go out sad. I want to see you go out a winner. I want to see you go out, uh, one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Still, I don't want the Peyton Manning route, and um, you're not close to that yet. You're not close to the Big Ben route, but. You're struggling, my man, and it's uh, it's time to get back in the lab and take this seriously because uh, I have the over on your win total this year, and uh, you can only you can only afford a couple more losses there, buddy. Anyways, that game was terrible. Uh, I don't know why I went to that game right away. Probably because it's just in the back of my mind because I lost money on it. But a game that. Kind of lived up to the billing, especially at the end, but not uh, not at the start. Was the Bills Chiefs, which should have been the Sunday night game. I do not understand why it was a one p.m. you know West Coast time game, four p.m. East Coast. But you know the Bills won that game. Ended with a Mahomes interception, and a lot of people are taking victory laps because it's it's a revenge type factor because of what happened last season. Now. You know what I have to say about that? It's not really a revenge factor. It's not really a revenge game because what happened last time they played was one team advanced and one team season ended. They need to do this in the playoffs. Now, winning this head-to-head game gives them the upper hand in seeding. So next year's game might be in, uh, or sorry, the playoff game, the preemptive playoff game might be in Buffalo now. That'd be a, a, that'd be a good plus for the Bills, but I don't really think the Chiefs need to worry about home or away because that offense travels, that defense travels, Mahomes is good. Josh Allen's good. These are all facts. These are all things people know. Uh, I I really didn't get a big takeaway from that game just because it was pretty low scoring. And I feel like in January, if these teams meet again, it's not going to be the same game script. I, I think both offenses were were keeping things close to vest they weren't really uh expanding the playbook because i do i do believe they are looking ahead to the playoffs to the conference championship divisional round whatever it may be where they may meet um not always the best thing but we'll see i I know that last year's game where the chiefs uh got a field goal in 13 seconds they kind of redid that today at halftime by i think it was 10 seconds getting into the field goal range Wow! Like it's insane how quickly they can move the ball, and and same with the Bills. They can they can have explosive plays uh, at any given moment, and it really makes you watch teams like the Bears or the Buccaneers and say, "Jesus, what is wrong with these teams?" You know, the personnel I understand is not is is very important, but the fact that some of these teams get no explosives and the other ones are basically just having explosive diarrhea whenever they want. You know what's happening here, but. I cannot wait for a potential rematch in the Chiefs Bills saga. You know, these are going to be two quarterbacks that are around for a very long time. And a lot of people are saying this is a new Brady uh, Manning type rivalry. I don't think it's going to be that level. I don't think those two are two of the top 5 quarterbacks ever. Uh maybe Mahomes can get there. I don't think Josh Allen will get there, but uh it's it's going to be exciting because they're both they're both amazing well-coached teams um, with great rosters, and uh, as the salary cap continues to go up, those deals are going to look better and better uh, for for each of their teams. They're going to become team-friendly deals if they don't renegotiate, which I plan that they will, but who knows? We'll see. Uh, Anyways, moving on to a brighter note. The New England Patriots, oh, gosh. If only I would have put everything I had on them because I was very confident that they would take down the Browns. Not only did they do that, uh the defense is just amazing. That defense is rocking. To be able to limit Nick Chubb uh and 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 Kareem Hunt to to the games that they had is something that no other team's been able to do up to this point. Um and the defense can be, we can write home about the defense all the time, but the offense is looking really good. And when I mentioned that we're going to talk about the QB controversy here, uh, I'm sure a lot of people that listen to this are expecting me to say, fuck Mac Jones, keep Zappi. Listen, I love Bailey Zappi, but Mac Jones is a better quarterback. And here's what I suggest and hope happens. Mac Jones will probably be back Monday night against the Bears this upcoming Monday night. Yes, the Bears have another primetime game against the Patriots. That's going to be uh, exciting for Patriots fans. And Bears fans are probably already cussing at their TV. They The Bears are in deep trouble with Justin Fields and that whole roster. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do, but back to the original point, I would bring Mac Jones back, and I would run the same offense that they're running with Zappi, which is really limiting mistakes and handing the ball off and doing play action and really letting your defense force a turnover or get you good field position. What they were doing with Mac Jones in the first three weeks was high mistake type football, right? Where the number one option and the really only option on the on the route tree would be a go route to Devontae Parker, which Mac Jones is not good at throwing. And he never has been. When he played at Alabama, uh, what made him so special there and what made him so good and basically having a top five college quarterback season ever was the spacing created uh, in the middle of the field. And what happened these first three games was Mac was not given those routes to throw to. And with Bailey Zappi, those routes are now back in the playbook. So they've limited the playbook for Zappi, and he's excelled. He's been really good. And, you know, I do think if you bring back Mac Jones, the truth of the matter is he's not going to have a super long leash, right? Belichick is probably the only coach in the world that can get away with doing something like this because it worked the last time he did it. But um, Mac Jones was very mistake heavy in the first couple of weeks i don't think zappy has done enough to earn the job permanently although i do really like what i see uh with with uh with harris being out you get to see a full ramondre stevenson type uh run game he is a monster and uh i'm 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 speechless with how well Belichick drafted these last couple of drafts because he had about a four-year stretch where it was just bust after bust after bust after bust. But the last couple of years, the last two drafts in particular— are just filled with impact players on this roster. So for example, Cole Strange has been an absolute beast on the offensive line. That pick I made fun of, he's from Chattanooga, uh, but he's been great. He's been one of the best offensive linemen in football this year, regardless of, uh, regardless of status, but he's a rookie. Tyquan Thornton, that's left to be seen, but let me tell you, today he had two touchdowns. He is fast. If he stays healthy, he's going to be a game breaker. I can, I can, uh, obviously he's not going to be this, but Tyreek Hill type speed. And, uh, Jack Jones, Panda Jack, uh, pff, top corner in the NFL so far. And that's not even that's not even be uh, speaking in hyperbole. He has been phenomenal. And uh you read his story and how he's a five-star went to USC, got academically kicked out, uh all that stuff and the fact that he's now back and he seems like an awesome locker room guy. Bailey Zappi, as I said, like of course, you know, I'm not thinking he's a starter, but he is he looks good. Like he actually looks like a solid quarterback. You got Mac Jones, Christian Barmore from last year, Andre Stevenson, all all seem like blue chippers, honestly. And then the year before, Kyle Duger, uh, Josh Uche. and that right there is how many is that five or six players that are super impactful. Now, um, you go you go the couple years and Michael Nui also is uh, is another one. You go a couple years earlier though. Like listen to this draft in two thousand nineteen. Nikhil Harry, Joe Joe jo, jo, Joan Williams, Chase Winovich, Damian Harris, uh Jared Stidham. He, there's nothing there. Their best draft pick in 2019 was Jake Bailey. The year before, Isaiah Wynn, Sony Michelle, Duke Dawson. Uh Bentley Benley's pretty good, but the, that's two first rounds and a second rounder that are all terrible busts, especially Isaiah Wynn, who still somehow plays for this team. Uh he should not anymore, but They they kind of were talent. uh, They kind of didn't have much talent on their team uh, when Brady left, and they've really revitalized the team in the last couple of years. And this is a great team. And I'm not even I'm not I'm not even trying to be a homer here. I really like this Patriots team, and I think with the defense and how well they play, they could beat anybody in football. Now I don't I want to see them against the Bills. I want to see them in games like that to see really just what they're able to, what they're able to do. Um, can they keep it close? Are they able to win? Can they, you know, but th- you look at their schedule coming up and I'm serious. I said this to, I said this to Benny. I said this to Steve. I said this to everybody that has ears. Um, they're going to be a, a they're going to have a good record. And when they're in December and you're like, wow, the Patriots have 10 wins or, so, or something close. They're gonna, they're, people will be surprised because that's not the type of team it looked like after, uh, after that beatdown against Baltimore and then losing to Green Bay the way they did. Uh, Anyways, that's enough Patriots talk. Let's talk about New York teams. Oh my goodness, the Jets and the Giants. The Jets and the Giants. They just, they they beat the Packers and Lambeau. The Jets, they didn't just beat the Packers. They blew them up 27-10. And then the Giants come storming from down 10 to beat the Ravens 24-20. We'll do the Giants first. They're five and one. Brian Dayball is gonna run away with coach of the year this year. They are five and one. Daniel Jones is looking competent. And the offense they're running is legit old school smash mouth football. Where I'm going to give you these receivers that they use today. Okay. They won a football game with these receivers. Daniel Bellinger was their top pass catcher with 38 yards. I don't know who that is. Wondell Robinson, a rookie, I know him. Three catches, 37 yards. Marcus Johnson, Richie James, Darius Slayton. I know Slayton. And then you got the then you got the running backs too. It's insane. This is a good football team. And uh, I don't know how. I really don't. And Brian Dayball is looking like a slam dunk hire. This team is was, I think, the least talented roster in all of football. It's them or the Texans. Uh, I guess you had to throw the Bears in there. But the thing is, you see what the Bears and the Texans look like. Personnel matters a lot. Duh. But this coaching that Dable has uh, shown here has just been—it's just blowing away everybody's expectations. They're five and one. The NFC East has all good teams except for the except for the Commies, uh, who aren't terrible, by the way. But you do that—that's amazing. The Giants, and then you go to the Jets, who are four and two, and you see what they did against the Packers. And we're going to talk about the Packers immediately after this because this is a massive concern. Uh, but the Jets. They go into Lambo, seven-point underdogs. I almost had the cojones to bet on them, but I didn't, of course, and said I focused everything on Bucks minus eight and a half. But what you had here was a couple special teams plays, a couple of uh a couple of uh good runs by Brees Hall, and you just beat the shit out of them. And Aaron Rodgers, uh I'm not like there there's concern with Tom Brady and how he started the season but he's on like defcon you know uh, i don't even know how how it goes it's one worse or five worse he's on the he's on like the you know there's not really a threat here it's just it's just not going great yet but we can see it getting better cuz he still has his arm he's not throwing interceptions he's not making mistakes it's really that they're just stalling out drives in the red zone what Aaron Rodgers is doing is he's washed up and i'm 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 fine saying that I am surprised that it happened this year. I mean, he went over and did uh, uh, Anahuasca. He's probably taking uh, uh, you know a different assortment of drug, a drug cocktail every every pregame. I don't know what's wrong with him, but he does not look good. And I, I mean like he looks like a bottom five quarterback in the league this year. And you look at his stats, the stats aren't awful, but in these last three games especially, 60% completion percentage against the Patriots, 64 against the Giants, 63 against the Jets, and yeah, I just said the Patriots, Giants, and Jets are all good football teams. But Aaron Rodgers, if he's the guy who's won 13 games the last three years, like getting to the NFC Championship game or, or earlier and then choking, but he still gets to playoffs every year, and he's putting up these types of completion numbers when he's used to you know completing the ball 67, 70% of the time. Um, yeah, cause for concern. He's also got three picks already, which um, I think he had... Yeah, I'm looking at stats now. He had four in 2021, five in 2020, four in 2019, two in 2018. It's And so he's already eclipsed that one of those numbers and he's going to eclipse the others. It's not just him. That team has no receivers. I fully understand that, but the receivers they have, he he has a little magic every so often where he still completes one of those uh, patented Aaron Rodgers throws that's just perfect, but it's getting far and few in between. There is not that many. It's just, I'm telling you, it looks like it's done, and he's not going to be one that waits. I think he might retire after the season. Uh, I read something about this. I would not be surprised. Maybe he doesn't because of the money, and it is a lot of money that he's owed, but I can, I can definitely see something happening there because he, number one, this team's bad. The Packers are a bad team. They're not going anywhere. He's 38. You don't want to be a 38—he's going to be 39 this year. You don't want to be a 39-pushing, 40-year-old quarterback on a team where the future is bleak and it's going to take a lot uh, of—it's going to to be a long turnaround because his contract is huge. So uh, it's not going to be easy. And, you know, when Brady left to be in Tampa, he was 41 or 42. I think he was 42. And he saw how bad New England was poised to be in the next year or two. And you know what he did? He said, I'm out of here. He wanted to stay, obviously, but uh, Belichick was uh, was being a scrooge, and it ended up working out for Brady. It's not going to be that way for Rodgers because he just signed that huge deal. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's a Russell Westbrook-type deal. You're not going to get out of that. Nobody will trade for him. Maybe there'll be a team that— I Honestly, what would you give up for Aaron Rodgers right now? This sounds insane, but would you give up a, a, a second-round pick? Probably a second. If you're a team that desperately needs a quarterback— But I think teams are going to be a little more wary about trading for these QBs after this Russell Wilson uh, saga that's unfolding before our eyes. I mean, you see what Seattle's doing with Geno. He's better than Wilson. And so uh, I don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. It's very interesting. It's something that provokes my uh, thought muscles uh, over the last couple of days, and especially today watching it. He could do nothing against the Jets. And the Jets, by the way, are not a ferocious defense. And uh, honestly... I don't know what's going to happen there. I do not think the Packers are a good team. I should have bet the Vikings to win the division. I didn't because I'm a coward. But, you know, it is what it is. Okay, moving on. Next game. Let's bring up the games again. I had them wrote down, but I, I closed the window to look at Aaron Rodgers. Funny stats. Um, Anything else big to talk about? I guess, yeah, I guess here. here's the thing. That Bengals team scares me. When they throw their ball to Jamar Chase, guess what? They won today because of Jamar Chase. And the fact that this is only the second game where he's actually got a lot of action is crazy. Uh, today, seven catches, two touchdowns. He's a top five receiver in football. When you throw to him, good things happen. Because what one of the things that always happens is it forces the defense to key in on, key in on him more, which leaves either the run game more open for Mixon, or Higgins in a one-on-one, or Boyd in one-on-one, or Hayden Hurst uh, being left afloat in the middle of the field, which all those three things are good, or four things, whatever I, whatever I just said. Uh, and look, they won the game today. They probably shouldn't have won that game, but Jamar Chase is a cheat code, and um, Burrow looked good and didn't take that many sacks today. So those things happen in succession. Guess what happens? Success for the Bengals. And that's my AFC Super Bowl team. So uh, need need them to turn it around. But, you know, that division, everybody's in the thick of it. So, especially with the Ravens losing to the Giants today. Uh, oh, yeah, okay, two more games. I have almost talked about them all, but two more games. 49ers-Falcons, you know. I I still think the 49ers win this division. The Falcons are a sneaky uh, contender for a wild card spot. They play hard. I'm surprised Arthur Smith got this team playing this way. And Marcus Mariota, you know. They're doing the same thing that I think. Um, sorry, I think I'll, the the dog here is sneezing. I don't know if you can pick that up. I'm not using my mic. I'm just talking into my MacBook. Uh, they're really effective running the ball. They get a lead and they're trying to sit on the lead. And Mariota's not making mistakes. And if he stays healthy, um, which is you know always always a risk of not happening with him, but if he stays healthy, um, team has a chance at the wild card. And dare I say even the division with how Tampa's playing, which I. That's that'd be a little, uh, a little wild if that happened, but uh, can't put a buy. You know, the Saints they look like they're in the middle of, um, of a rebuild, although they're still competitive, they still can put up points. Dalton's a little better than Winston. Um, and then the Panthers are going to just blow everything up, it looks like. And I wonder where McCaffrey goes. The talk on the town is the Bills want him. That'd be great for Josh Allen because they really don't have uh, a run game. Uh, Singletary's not that good, but. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I sure hope they don't get them. And honestly, I would I would That's who the Bucks should try to go, but they're not going to trade into division. Um okay. Last but yeah, 49ers, yeah. I still think the 49ers are a good team. Their injuries are starting to pile up and you know, maybe they're just having a bad luck year because they if you go and look at their injury report, they're missing like eight eight impact players. And once you start getting into that number of you know, after once you get past, like, five starters that aren't just, like, you know, spot starters but legitimately good players, that's where uh, that's where it starts to get shaky, and I think they're at eight or nine now, and they're impact players. So, okay, last game, but I still think they're going to win the division because I don't think the NFC West is that good. You know, everybody coming into this thought the AFC, AFC uh, West was going to be the best division in football. Look at the NFC East and the AFC East records. Um, it's crazy. Sorry, the dog's The dogs getting getting antsy. Um, okay, final game, Seahawks-Cardinals. I almost pulled the trigger on betting the Seahawks money line too because I really don't like this Cardinals team. And Kingsbury looks like he doesn't know what he's doing more than half the time out there. The only time the offense gels is when Murray's basically playing backyard football. And when he's doing that, they actually can move the ball. They didn't score a touchdown today. So they didn't play much backyard football. Um, or maybe they did. Did they kick three field goals or a touchdown miss extra point? I don't know. One or the other. Uh, but, yeah, the Seahawks look like they got something with Kenneth Walker. I mean, it sucks that uh, Rashad, Rashad Penny gets hurt every year, but Kenneth Walker has seamlessly stepped in, and he's been a really effective runner in the last two weeks. He's on my fantasy team, of course. But, um, yeah, this this uh, receiving core that, that – the Cardinals have. You know, you're getting De- DeAndre Hopkins back next week. I Marquise Brown who was wearing a walking boot after the game. Uh, I'm looking... X-rays were negative. Good for him. But uh, maybe maybe that Hopkins, um, that Hopkins coming back will give them the spark they need because I'm going to do... For the final thing, I'm just going to go through the NFL standings, okay? And we can basically do where we think... We can uh, do this little game real quick uh, together as I do this by myself. So... Uh, the AFC East: Bills are five and one, Jets four and two, Dolphins and Patriots three and three. Those are all good teams. Dolphins, when Tua gets back, um, it's kind of unfortunate that his injury has basically derailed their season because they were they won three games where a lot of people picked them to lose the first three games, myself included. I thought they were going to be one and four after the first, or one and uh, one and three after the first four games. They were three and one. Um, and then their schedule got quote unquote easy and you see it really hasn't been easy because they have injuries at the quarterback position, the worst place to get injured at and, but they'll be fine. The Patriots, I already gave my, my thing for them. The Jets, I already gave my thing for them and the Bills are great. Probably the best team in football. Uh, Chiefs four and two, Chargers three and two, Broncos two and three, and the Raiders one and four. The Raiders needed that win against the Chiefs last week, which if that happened, the Chiefs would have been three and three after today. Um, I don't think anybody can have anything good to say about the Broncos. They scored seventy-five points this year. They just can't move the ball. They play tomorrow. We'll see how Russell Wilson looks and they play the Chargers. Um, I think the Chargers are gonna win that game. Uh I have no clue if I'm gonna bet it though. Because I can see Brandon Staley and Nate Hackett just having a dumbass off. <laughs> you know what that is. Uh AFC North, Ravens three and three, Bengals three and three, Browns two and four, Steelers two and four. Um the Steelers should be one in five. The Browns should be one in five. The Bengals should be three. Uh, the, this is a bad division. And it's going to be won by probably the Ravens at this point. I mean, Lamar in the second half of games has just fallen apart, it seems. Outside of that last drive where I had a lot of money on the Bengals last week. So that's that's what I get for betting against the Ravens. Whenever I bet on them, they lose. Whenever I bet against them, they win. It is what it is. Uh that's the AFC North. And then the South is bad, right? Every team's bad. It looks like the Titans might win it by default. I was high on the Jaguars early on. Their defense can't stop anything. Lawrence does not look good, and it is what it is. Matt Ryan looks like an absolute statue back there. He is so slow, and he's taking a lot of hits. So I don't know how long he stays up. But it looks like the Titans are going to win that division. Although they've scored ninety-six points and given up one hundred and eighteen, which is funny that they're three and two with that type of disparity. Um, and then the NFC: <laughs> Eagles six and zero, Giants five and one, Cowboys four and two three really good teams. And uh I would say the Eagles are the best team there, but I would like to see Dak Prescott back before making that a for sure judgment. NFC West, three teams are 3 and 3 and then the Cardinals were 2 and 4. I think this is the 49ers division to lose, but yeah, the inj- injuries are stacking up. NFC North. Pa- Our Vikings 5 and 1, Packers 3 and 3. Realistically, the Packers should be um the Packers should be 1 and 5. They should have probably lost that Bucks game, and they should have lost that Patriots game for sure. So, uh, whew, this is not looking good for them. Bears 2-4, and four and the Lions are 1-4. The Lions have a good offense, but <laughs> they have the worst defense. And then the Bears are just flat-out bad. So, I really, the Vikings should run away with this division, which is incredible after they lost that game um, in Week 2. Where did they lose that game? Who was that game to? They lost that game too. Oh my god. Yeah, it was the Eagles when I had a lot of money on them. So yeah, Eagles good team. And then the NFC South. Bucks three and three. Falcons three and three. Saints two and four. Panthers one and five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind I I have Bucks over eleven wins. That's one of my only futures bets uh that I placed. And I don't think that's gonna hit. They can afford three more losses for a push. But uh I you know, you look at their schedule, they shouldn't lose more than three more games but with how they're playing you can't really pick them anywhere except for next week against the Panthers and so when we do the podcast in a couple of days uh, it's going to be interesting the gambling the gambling aspect is going to be interesting because football the last couple weeks has just been killing me and I uh we're basically a football gambling podcast is how I would describe us uh and it all all of us are just bad on football bets so far this year I've had a I've had a few successful weeks we're six weeks in. I think I'm I think I might be three and three in terms of money making weeks, but the weeks I've lost money have been, um, have been a lot more than the win so far, especially this week and especially the Bengals last week. Uh, so we're going to try to turn it around. I'll be honest, every other sport I'm knocking on, I'm knocking on the wood this whole time. But every other sport that I've been gambling, whether it's baseball, hockey, hockey's back. I'm five and zero in hockey. I like to boast my record, which means I will lose every hockey bet. The next two weeks probably because I just said that here and you never want to take a victory lap. I'm not taking a victory lap gambling gods. I'm telling you that right now. I'm not taking a victory lap, but I've done very well uh, with hockey thus far uh, and baseball. Uh, you know, it makes me think maybe I should just stop gambling NFL. Yeah, you know? because it's just I'm getting a good bankroll and then it's just obliterating it every Sunday. And witching hour never goes in your way. You ever notice that? You ever notice that when when Scott Hansen's all it's witching hour, you already know your bets are going to shit. Does anybody have bets that go well during witching hour? Anybody sitting there excited that Scott Hansen's calling that out because they think their, their luck's going to change? Not me. Not any of my friends. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. I'm I'm not going to quit gambling football. What are we talking about? I should, but I'm not. It's a vice, you know. Just like uh, just like watching football and drinking beer. So yeah, that's the podcast here. Uh, I'm sorry if the audio, audio quality was not the best, uh, but it was fun. And finally, a last little obituary for the Mariners. Uh, I just wanted to add this on at the end, a great season. I mean, I went to more Mariners games this year than probably any other year, uh, since I was a child and even maybe more since then. Like, uh, I I think I went to seven games this year, seven or eight games. I think I would have to look back on it, but it was a fun season and they should be back, but nothing is promised, especially in the 162-game baseball season. So don't get don't get ahead of yourself. Uh they have glaring issues still. I think they have a great top three in the rotation with uh with Gilbert, Castillo, and Kirby in no particular order. I think Castillo is the best of the three, and then Kirby and then Gilbert. But um and the bullpen was great this year, but the only thing that has higher variance than NFL defenses year over year is bullpen performance in the, in baseball. So you never know what you're going to get there. Uh, the lineup they need to sign a couple more hitters. That lineup was really boom or bust. And against the Astros, outside of game one, they really didn't score. They what they scored? Two runs in 27 innings or something like that. So they need more more than just uh, home run power. I, I don't want to see it happen, but I think they have to go after Xander Bogarts of my Boston Red Sox. He gets on base. He has a good average, um, good defensive shortstop. And, you know, you put him at the top of the order. You go Bogarts, Julio. Uh, that's a good one, too. And, I mean, I you can throw out more names, but I don't know how much you're going to be willing to spend. So it's really it's really just a – it's a wondering game. There's also a, a pitcher in Japan that I think is coming over this year. Uh, he threw like back-to-back perfect games. I don't have the name in front of me. Uh, the Mariners will be in play for him because, uh, Seattle has been a destination for Japanese players in the past. And I don't, I don't foresee it ever changing. It is the closest, uh, team to Japan and a lot of players that come over obviously care about that. And so, you know, you have to get that entire, uh, that entire group of Ichiro, Kenji Jojima, to, uh, uh, Kikuchi, Iwakuma together and recruit this guy because if you look him up I'm telling you, the real deal he's not Otani, he can't hit but he pitches better than Otani and I think he's 22 so you're getting him super young Um, I don't know if he'll come to the Mariners but if he does, I would cry tears of joy because I think that that would catapult them, you'd have four upper level pitchers, that would catapult them into probably one of the favorites next year which it might already be Uh, but I think that that would kind of like supplant them there Anyways, that's enough baseball. I'm going to watch the playoffs still going forward, I think, but I really have no interest in watching the Astros. I just don't like the Astros. They're not fun. I don't know how anybody can like them or root for them. Uh, So, yeah, uh, end rant. Okay, thank you, everybody. I will talk to you all on Thursday with Steven and either Zach or Benny. Benny might have won a spot back, but uh, he might not have, and I had to deliver the bad news. I'll do it live on the podcast. How about that? Okay, thank you, everybody. Talk soon. Have a good rest of your night.